0: Hi, my name is Manan and I'm Harshit and you're listening to The Next Big Think, a podcast where we discuss things like lifestyle design, mental models, social interactions, and more. Things to help us think, do, and be better. Cool. How's it going, Harshit? What do you have to It's pretty good. I'm enjoying the quarantine. Had some good Mexican food today, supporting nice. our local businesses.
1: Very nice. Oh, I thought you made Mexican. You usually do a good job of that as well, but cool. All right. So what are we talking about today? No, wait, that's on me. I decided the topic. (laughs) So uh, today I thought we would talk about the idea of perfection. More specifically, why do some people... Strive for perfection. Why do we want to strive for perfection? Why sometimes it's good to do so, but a lot of times it may not be good to do so. And I think the motivation for this is a lot of what I I have thought about in my own life. As to certain times, sometimes people have told me your your standards are too high, and or if you you know strive for for that much perfection, you'll never get it done. Um, and and I was also quoted the famous. Cheryl Sandberg quote, uh, that I think it was something on the lines of uh, uh, done is better than perfect. And, and I've oscillated between these two extremes of just getting it done versus, in other cases, striving for perfection. So yeah, that's, that's what I want to talk
0: about today. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting topic, to, when you think about it, because so much of our life is spent reaching out for what we define as perfection you know you start off in school and you're constantly trying to get the perfect grade the perfect gpa you do so many things in life and quite often we are very quick to judge ourselves against what we view as perfect and you know that is something that very often ends up demotivating us from picking up a new hobby, from engaging in something that we truly enjoy. It's something that you very often see with people who are engaged in art of different sorts. So uh, people who make paintings, people who write stories, quite often there is this tendency to judge your own work against the work of, you know, people who have been doing this for ages. People who, for some definition of it, are masters of that trade. And then just getting instantly demotivated and feeling like you are without any talent. And Mm -hmm. because of that, ending up barely pushing towards any further improvement in your own skills and towards actually constantly building new things. So you...
1: You kind of played into my hand when you mentioned uh, the whole artists thing, like specifically creative people uh, striving for perfection and and how they, with with that example. And I I think that's an interesting distinction to make when we're talking about striving for perfection and uh, perfect versus done, so to speak. Um, In the sense that creative versus non-creative work, is it the case that, people like artists, filmmakers, writers, painters, musicians, et cetera, have perhaps a greater tendency to strive for perfection than, you know, people like maybe you and I, people in corporate jobs, people who are doing, I don't know, all kinds of in business in finance or any other field. Do you think that's the
0: case? I think it is. I I agree. I do think it is. And I think partly that is because I guess, let's bring it down. So in the corporate world, expectations are usually decently well-defined, right? You know that your project is scoped out to do X, Y, Z things. You know that the report you're writing has to touch upon all of these different things. And a perfect report or a perfect presentation is typically one that covers everything, that has a good response from people, that, you know, it informs or it performs in... A very preset expectation really when it comes to art or creative work i think what ends up happening is there is a lot of art out there that is very barely visible so to say in that the things that you will typically see around you are things that are extremely common things that are very popular and so it's sort of what becomes the power law distribution, right? Is a very small fraction of things are extremely, extremely popular. And then everything else, no matter what the quality is, is almost invisible. Mm -hmm. And so what I think would often end up happening is like with art, there is no preset expectation. There is no metric that you can strongly measure the quality of your painting or of your story by without actually putting it out without actually letting people see it. And when that is the case, if you are the only reader or the only viewer of this piece of art that you have created, you are very quick to judge yourself against the very best things that you tend to see. And Mm -hmm. just because of the absence of any strong metric of completion or success here, you tend to be overly critical of yep. your own work. And so this is something where I think a lot of extremely talented artists are very commonly, it's a tendency that they're commonly associated with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think artists are inherently dissatisfied with the quality of the work until perhaps it meets a certain standard or until it's at least until it's well received. Sometimes even then. Yes. Very true. Uh in certain creative fields though, I think the the current Zeitgeist is very much on getting stuff out there without caring about quote unquote perfection. Um think YouTube, TikTok, Instagram artists, bloggers, vloggers, and so on. Uh and I, I don't think this is the case for novels or films or you know, just works of fiction.
0: That I, that feeds into the ease of defining what done is right the TikTok, mm-hmm. it's a 30 second video the cost of putting it out is zero dollars and if it gets popular it gets popular if it's not very popular you delete it because well nobody ever saw it anyway right yep the cost of failure is negligible sure. and because the so, promise of success is often pretty high. You see these popular YouTubers, Twitch streamers, TikTokers who have 50 million followers for doing these 30 second dance routines or just talking while they game and you know, whatever else this it's sort of become an economy where putting out content is extremely, extremely easy. And you are unless you know you really, really goofed up, nobody's gonna actively judge you for bad content. Yeah. And you will have a very quick metric for whether your content was good enough or not as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if something you put out was good enough where it gets a lot of views or subscribers or something, then you struck gold. Yeah. And that is a very different metric than putting out a novel or a movie for a novel. I think it's the same sort of distinction between self-publishing and ebook book versus having a publisher put out your book in print or in hardcover or something across stores yeah. in the country.
1: Also, with something like a novel specifically, I think the, the feedback loop is also much longer with a huge yep. loop or a podcast. We put it out there within days, we know how well it's being received or not with a novel, you're you first you have to write the full thing and it's you know assuming it's gonna be at least three hundred pages. First there's that, then you put it out there, then it's going to take a while before you get readers' feedback. So there's that. So I guess the other point you made was it it's the stakes which are different. The investment in time and money in something like a film or a novel is much higher than in a TikTok or a YouTube video. Yeah. And Therefore, it makes sense that those kinds of creators uh, will strive a lot harder for perfection, uh, whatever that may, be, may mean to them. So, there, so that's definitely part of it. That makes sense.
0: I think though, on another hand, I mean, we are two people who, I guess, me even less than you, but we are two people who aren't strongly involved in sort of a creative domain a lot of our work is in technology. A lot of our work is sort of in a domain that's a lot better defined, right? Perfection in what we output is usually a lot better defined than what it is with art. And so I guess sort of bringing it back to something that we have more direct personal experience with, but, but no, so so
1: I'm going to add that there you are forgetting. I, I have been writing and I am big into acting. So that's like kind I of said, what motivated... I am far less
0: into creative fields than you are. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But so that's part of what motivated the, the question and the thoughts in my mind in the first place that uh, in fact, a few months ago it happened. I just recorded myself doing a monologue. I prepared it, I rehearsed it, and I just thought, okay i just wanted to get back into acting wanted to do something i just did it this was easy, easy to do at all in my apartment just memorized rehearsed put it made a video and put it out there um and this was me very much following that advice of just put stuff out there it's youtube and uh, put content out there and and don't worry too much and i just wanted i just wanted to get into the to the to the game just get into the grind of it and then keep putting out more content that didn't end up happening by the way but i did put out this one video and uh, immediately after it or maybe a few days later i was watching it and i it just hit me that this is not my best performance that this could have been done a lot better that i i knew i had the potential and uh, sure some of my friends liked it uh, that was fine but when I realized that it could be better that time, I just, it was a terrible feeling and it just didn't feel right. And I didn't want to see it. I didn't want anyone else to see it because I knew I was watching a substandard version of what I was capable of. And and I, I think this feeling is perhaps common in uh, people engaging, when people engage with art, or especially if, for people who for whom art is a strong art of any form is a strong part of their identity another friend of mine recently he he's big into music and he sometimes records songs and stuff so he recorded this really hard classical old song and uh, he sent it to me and to me it sounded great i mean i'm not a musician i'm not a singer i thought yeah it's it's pretty good uh, and uh, but then it wasn't perfect i also wasn't judging it too harshly or whatever he pointed out some small technicalities and he was like no no it's not good I can't put it out I I have to make it better Um, so it's again coming back to that kind of an emotional attachment to the art and tied it with the feeling of if you know you can do better then you're just not satisfied with putting something
0: substandard out there and you know that last part where you know if you can do better, you're just not satisfied with putting something out there. I would assume, I would believe that this is fairly common for many, many art creators where, you know, we talked about TikTok, right? Yes, the video might be 30 seconds, but a lot of these people prepare for or work on For multiple hours and take many, many takes before they have something that they're satisfied with enough to put out. Yeah. And, you know, those dance routines, people spend an hour practicing it before they actually take a video or a recording. And for someone who's even a hobbyist, I'm sure that things like this are not all uncommon. Like, I will take myself as an example where. I got into photography as a hobby sometime last year and you know, it's very enjoyable. And it's something that I gain a lot of satisfaction from doing, but as has been pointed out to me, most of the photos I take, I usually don't end up putting them up on, you know, a separate Instagram that I have for my photography account. And I think partly that's just because, in many of those images, I feel that I didn't necessarily do a good enough job, or it's not exactly something that is impressive enough to be putting on my Instagram feed. And so what ends up happening is that almost every single photo I take is just sitting in my backlog in a separate hard drive that's just backed up. And the things that I post are Few and far between. I think that whole thing of judging yourself strongly when you are emotionally attached to them, you feel that you could have done better is pronounced at pretty much any level of skill and in many, many different domains. It's something where many people should be able to relate to this because in the core of it, we all want to do our best for whatever we do, right? Put out the best product of our skills. And if at some point we feel that we could have done better, then going back to what we did just feels like it was a half-hearted effort or it was not good enough. Yep. Coming
1: back to what you said, uh, say let's relate more back to your your professional life, where you said that, you know, in in other non-creative, quote-unquote non-creative domains, uh, business, finance, engineering, at least in in certain kinds of engineering at certain companies, at least it can be non-creative, at least to the extent that the the scope is very well defined, as you said. So in that, are you saying that you are not striving for perfection or or because the standard is so well-defined that you see your job as to simply meet that standard and that's it.
0: And which is perfectly fine because that's, that's what your job is. I think that's more of the latter. It is that any task you do, right? You pick up something, you usually have a well-defined set of expectations where yes, I am building this thing because it has to meet these requirements. I am writing this document to, Detail out all of these different problems and to provide reasonable solutions for these things. I am doing this presentation to talk to people about this specific component that I have worked on that now they will be able to have visibility on. The success of what you do is very well measured in many of these things, right? Yeah. Because there is, well, actually, let me. Take that back. The completion of what you do is very well measured, Yeah. right? With artistic works, there's always a little bit more that you could add or remove or tweak in whatever you did. And so it's never truly complete. But in many of the things we do in a day-to-day state, we are dealing with strong defined expectations for what we have to do. And so there is a good enough point where we can be like, oh, this is complete. Yep. It's success is something obviously that will be measured as it's operated by the users. Right. But the completion and the things that we had in mind when we kicked this off yep. are usually taken care of very concretely. Absolutely. I mean, we literally have a
1: column in every work a record in every work item that we're given of acceptance criteria, or which yep. basically is measuring. How how do you know that, that you're done, that you're succeeded or whatever?
0: Yeah. So, so, I, so, sure, often we output things that are not perfect, but yeah. I would venture far enough to say that it is almost always something where we are satisfied or mm-hmm. at least happy with the output received from the input we gave in. And anything... Beyond that is something we are aware that we could do, but it would be a different part of the project as opposed to something that was seriously lacking in the work that we did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in this case, I don't even know if it's right to call that a standard of perfection or or having achieved perfection because it is so well defined and you you know it when you start that that is the definition. And then you get there. I I, I don't know. The reason I say that is because perfection is inherently supposed to be uh, sort of a moving target and inherently unachievable.
0: Yeah. So, So, I mean, yeah, you finish up a project, you finish up something, you realize, hey, I could have done this stuff additionally. But you also realize that those additional things were not things that you'd scoped out in when you plan the project. were not things that were part of the plan at any point. And those additional things will become part of the next version of whatever you did, right? Yep. Like you build this app, you put all of these things in it because you plan to do it. And over time you realize, hey, you know, user experience would probably be even better if I added this new feature on top of everything I've done. But that new feature adds, to how well it can perform, it does not take away from the completion of the task you had previously. So at the end of whatever you outputted, if you finished up all the tasks you'd set out for yourself, you perfectly finished those tasks. Was your product perfect? Perhaps not. Most likely not. But were the tasks perfectly completed? I would venture to say yes. Yeah, no, I I see your point. I think it also depends
1: on how much you have ownership of in this context. Yeah. So like, as of now, both of us, we work in big tech companies. So our ownership is of the task, not of the product. Mm-hmm. And so we knock out the tasks and we know the definition of success or the definition of the satisfaction level that we have to meet at every task. And so we can knock those off. and you know, if we call it perfection, then sure, every almost every week, I'm hitting perfection. But let's say if I was, I don't know, building Facebook back in 2004, with Mark Zuckerberg, and I have the ownership of the product. So I I am not just doing all the individual tasks. I'm also putting out this product myself. And this is something that I own. I think in that case, the equation changes. In that case, the whole thing of tasks and features and making, wanting to build a perfect product is all on me. And so as an individual, my perspective on that would be very different. Uh, Cause now I'm defining the scope, right? Like if I'm defining the scope, if I'm defining what, so I, I actually, I think this is what we're getting at. If I if am defining what perfection looks like or what satisfaction looks like, or what a certain level of accepted, uh, except in certain level of uh, product that I want to put out looks like, then I think in that case, I am not similar from the uh, poet or the filmmaker who is spending years making that film and trying to make it perfect because they are the ones setting that standard.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's... Sorry to jump off that. It's also that whole thing where a lot of art... for a lot of people, is more than just their job. For us, for what we do, our work in tech, we might be passionate about it, we might enjoy it, but at the end of the day, it is a job. We are employed by someone else. And while it is in our best interest to put in our best effort, a lot of our success is measured by that employer. So, if the employer is satisfied, we have perfect happiness. We're like, yes, we did this thing. Our employer is pretty happy with it. I take this nice bonus. Maybe I get a promotion, et cetera, et cetera. All's good in the world. But I would believe that if we were creators of our own product, then we would fall into the same dilemma as an artist, wherein I want perfection in the product, not in just this one deliverable of the product, not just completion of some set of deliverables. I want the product itself to be perfect. And that is a level of perfection that is not achievable. Yeah, right? I'm glad you brought that
1: up. I think that that's something interesting to talk about. Let's imagine that we are in that position where you know, we are working on a product and we own it. It's our responsibility the success or the failure of it. And so there is this quote by Sheryl Sandberg, as I had mentioned initially, done is better than perfect. Uh, There's another quote, I believe it's by Walter, but I could be wrong. Walter, the great Italian uh, philosopher, I believe, he said, uh, achieving absolute perfection may be impossible. And so As increasing effort results in diminishing returns, further activity becomes increasingly inefficient.
0: I agree with that. I think this is something we talked about last time as well. Is my tendency to go for the lowest hanging fruit right? (laughs) Yep. You go get things done. If you keep striving for 100% perfect completion where you know that no stone has been left unturned and this is as perfect as can be, you will probably spend a lifetime getting to that point. And that will come at the cost of so many other amazing things that you could have also done. On the other hand, if you get to what is often defined in our industry as a minimal lovable product, Mm -hmm. then you have gotten something where yes, it's not perfect, but it is something that your customers will still be happy with. And it is something that gives you a springboard to start building off of. So you're not waiting to have a perfect product before you put it out. You yep. put out something that is complete enough that your customers will be happy, yep. but not complete enough where every single demand that they could ever have is met. Yep. So this is the
1: whole idea of, uh, doing things iteratively, where, you know, you build an MVP, you get feedback, you build upon it based on the feedback, maybe you make some mistakes, you get more feedback. And the idea is that you push, push out small chunks with every iteration, and keep building upon it. Uh, Of course, this was popularized by Eric Ries, the author of The Lean Startup, which I encourage everyone to read fantastic book. I did want to say you you spoke in terms of products and customers and definitely the whole idea of getting stuff out there and not letting done be the enemy of perfect and building it iteratively and, you know, having it be good enough. Definitely applies there. But I I think the stakes and the, the context and the situation is probably different in different domains so this is one domain the tech or building products or any kind of products really that's one domain there's the artistic domain is perhaps different maybe even you could even distinguish between writing and filmmaking being different domains and the the stakes being different the the expectations being different the quote unquote motivations for even doing those projects being different So a lot of it will obviously depend on that. That's, that's true. Yeah. But in general, would you say that one should perhaps strive to be less emotionally attached to the product of their, of their efforts to the thing that they are putting out?
0: I don't think so. I think like any common saying such as you know perfection being the enemy of done there is a flip side in that so many amazing things that you have in your life right now are because of people who wouldn't let a thing be done until it was perfect so many amazing pieces of art that you have gotten to experience you know amazing movies amazing books you know Things that... Avatar apparently
1: took uh, 12 years to make on that note.
0: Yeah. uh, Game of Thrones, the upcoming book, has been upcoming for a long time because George R.R. Martin wrote a full copy and then decided it wasn't good enough and sort of scrapped it. And I hope he's writing enough copy (laughs) at this point. But... The point there being is that so many amazing things that we get to experience right now are yeah. because of people who wouldn't sit down until what they gave was perfect. Yep. And you mentioned examples of art, but even tech,
1: if you if you read uh, Steve Jobs' biography, you'll know how much of a perfectionist he was. And I, I I truly believe that a lot of that is inherent in Apple's DNA and the And the MacBook that I'm using right now, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it's designed is kind of a product of that striving for perfection. And I mean, he was ruthless in his strive for perfection. No, no one can judge if it was good or bad, but uh, definitely
0: what we are enjoying the, the product of it for sure. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think it does come to that is some amazing things that you have in your life are because of people who wouldn't. Give up until they were perfect. But at the same time, the good things that you, so you enjoy in life are because of people who decided that it was better to put something good enough out there rather than wait a decade until it was perfect. Yeah. Right? I guess we work in the tech industry. One of the common mottos that, well, is being scrapped in some places now, but something that a lot of people still believe in tech is move fast, break things. Mm -hmm. You go work really fast, put things out, put new features out, and it's perfectly acceptable to break things. It's perfectly acceptable for your product to not be functional for a little bit because what you're striving to do is put out as many new things to make your customers happy as possible. And, that is sort of something that is very different from a strive for perfection. It is a strive for improvement. It is strive for constant improvement and trying to achieve that while being aware that the cost might be partial failure and disappointment for your customers. And despite that, still striving for that improvement constantly. Yep. Right. And that is something that I believe is even more strongly embedded in the DNA of the tech industry as a whole. Yeah, I I think you summed it up very well. And I, I mean, I personally think that's brilliant and I am very happy to be working in a field where that is something we can do. But you think completely differently, you think of a government program, of a military program, perhaps things take decades to be fully functional in governments and the military because uh, i these was just are organizations... watching a,
1: a video someone was complaining some doctor from the uk about mm-hmm. how there's hardly any innovation in uh, the nhs in the uk mm-hmm. again kind of goes into what you're saying yeah it's
0: you're i think these are organizations yeah so these are organizations that have been built for stability rather than improvement. Perfect efficiency and per- constant improvement. They have right. been built in such a way where it might be tough to fully utilize these and it might not always be a great experience for you. But at the crux of it, most of the things that it is setting out to achieve will almost always be achieved. And We can argue, obviously, that governments are not actually that good in doing that. And often they break in pretty dramatic ways as something. I I, I think that's another podcast. Yeah, I think that's exactly. That's a very different thing. But the point here is that some organizations have to be designed for perfection. And as the times go, that perfection might not evolve. But it will ensure that it is always a functioning organization. It will ensure that the organization itself does not break. It might move at a snail pace. I I, I would change that
1: word to stability rather than
0: perfection. Uh, yeah, but yeah, right. So, so and, like and that's I'm, the thing. In those cases, the vision of perfection is something that is so perfectly stable that it would take five decades before things really start breaking down. Mm-hmm. right? Yep. You take the unemployment system in New Jersey where the governor put out a thing where, oh, I need some developers for COBOL to come and fix this thing because it can't handle the load it's under. Did that really happen? The co- that's crazy. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. This system has been working on COBOL since like 70s, perhaps. It was my, built to be a aunt. system that doesn't break. My
1: aunt studied computer science around 1990 and she doesn't know cobalt. That's crazy. That's
0: Exactly. That's the thing. Like this was a thing that has not evolved for the times. So yes, when times very suddenly and dramatically change like they did right now, it's not a system that will be able to hold up. But in a normal day-to-day functioning and even in slight crisis situations, it is a system that will not break. Hmm. And because- for certain yeah. utilities for certain it things break because it's changing, When you change stuff. That's when it breaks. Exactly. And so yeah, for certain things, it improves. So
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So yeah, you know, you strive to make something perfect the first time in sort of the environment that it is right now, but you don't build it in a way that allows for continuous change and improvement and iteration. Mm -hmm. But for some organizations, that is extremely important because they don't have the same capacity to tolerate failure that many of the organizations, the tech organizations that we work with might. Yeah. And so how done is defined for us versus for such organizations, for us versus for artists who make their careers out of art, things like that. These are very different definitions of done and our desire for perfection is influenced those definitions of done. So for yeah, some people, so, done yes, is absolutely. perfect. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I was going to say that I think the, the desire for perfection and, and the reason for the, for people being dissatisfied with their products or with their art is because they don't have a clear definition of done. And because that is the very nature of striving for perfection, Mm -hmm. perfection being a moving, unachievable target. If there was a definition, then it would not be a moving target. Then it would be there. Then you would hit it at some point. Uh, I think I would argue that a lot of times we just have to be satisfied with good enough. And that is perhaps something that you call you calibrate on an individual level or at the level of an organization or whatever.
0: but but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it's it's a tough thing to achieve a internal definition of good enough it is something that just like the definition of perfection is constantly changing right what was good enough for you right after you graduated high school was not the same as what was good enough for you right after you graduated college yeah and that's certainly not the same as what it is right now
1: absolutely and this is the thing with art specifically that uh good enough is not a spec is not saying that, Oh, this, this button works or this feature works, or, or that uh, we hit the target, we hit this much revenue or this, this much sales. Good enough is often defined by a feeling, which is nebulous. I know it's, it's hard to define, it's hard to put down. But with a lot of art, we at film media, that is, a, that, that, that feeling is often a part of it. Like you, you watch movies because, because they evoke something in you.
0: Mm-hmm. And if,
1: if that doesn't evoke something in you, then the movie doesn't work. As simple as that. Yeah. Uh, like, but, do you but enjoy I, watching I, movies I, that. I can't put that down on paper. I can't say, oh, if we hit this much, if, 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 Harshit feels 44.5% of anger, then I succeed. Yeah. So, you know, exactly. It, it's
0: not measurable. Exactly right. It's something that you can compare, where this movie makes me feel happier than this one did, or this movie makes me feel more scared than this one did. But it's impossible to say that I was five scared on this one and seven scared on that one. Absolutely, yeah. Right. I I think there's obviously a craft aspect of it
1: which you can get into, and a lot of people judge movies by the craft, the the cinematography. But it's it's again much more. Uh, Ill defined than things like revenue or product specs or features or whatever else. So, yeah. I, I think it's a good point to end. And we hit upon a, a number of good points and we should probably summarize. I
0: took a note of a few. Uh, Here, I have like one more point. Yeah, go first. So if you want to. All right. Yeah. And so all right, coming back, I guess, what's for another thing? let's use another little example that ties back to something that, you know, I am sure you have strong feelings about, but this podcast, are we, how how are you defining perfect for this podcast? Right? Mm. What are you measuring it as? Are you looking for just putting out good conversations that you're happy with? Is that done? Or is that perfect? Is Mm. perfect something that Instantly, you'll have a million subscribers too. Or that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know. So that's. I guess like this podcast. Like, how are you yeah. striving for perfection in this podcast versus how are you happy with just done and iterative improvements?
1: Hmm. That that's uh, all right. So, so we did another episode before this, and. Yeah. Uh, As you know, initially, I wasn't too happy with it Um, overall. I mean, I I think I found certain parts good, certain parts not so good and so on. Um, But did I have a metric? Well, yes, the metric was, as a listener, am I gaining value from it? And for me, one thing that's important is that not everything that we talk about should be trite. Uh, There should be at least some... New, not, not necessarily new ideas, but at least different perspectives. Um, and was it fun and engaging to listen to, but then I, I don't think I had metrics that I think I just listened to it afterwards. And mm-hmm. then it was like, what do I feel about it? It, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a KPI that my PM would put on her slide deck. It was, uh. It was just how did I feel about it, and I yeah. and I just after listening to it, I just knew. Okay, no, certain parts were not fun and engaging, and some parts were, mm-hmm. and some parts were more insightful and thought provoking, and and some weren't. So how yeah. how do you measure things like that? I mean, it's it's you, subjective, you don't, don't, right? It's unique. very subjective,
0: and you have a quote unquote feel for it, and and that's it. Yeah, like the only measurement you can do is a survey, and yeah. make sure that enough people in your target audience would be happy with this. And I mean, by all of those definitions, the episode that we put out previously was imperfect, but we still put it out, right? We chose to go with done instead of perfect.
1: All right. uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we did our best on it. Yes. Yeah. We know still that we could have done better. We know still how we could have done better. Yes. But we put it out. We got the feedback from some of our friends. We listened to it multiple times ourselves to get an understanding of what we should have done better. And we took those learnings into ideally this episode. Yeah, And I think it will be the same with this episode as we will realize that there were things we could have done better. We would have been more engaging with and those will be learnings we'll take into the next one. And so what we are choosing is to put these out and iterate with every episode and improve ourselves.
1: Yep. Well I, I will admit there was a feeling of uneasiness at least I had with putting it out for for those reasons that it wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. there were certain parts where I genuinely felt this should have been better. Yeah. And but, but I still did. Even with that feeling I was like screw it. it we'll just
0: let's just see exactly you know screw it let's do it you fought back against that part of your brain that was you know it's not perfect and it's not good enough yeah and you're like that's fine we put this out we the cost of it not being good enough is zero nobody is going to come and tell me that hey your episode was so bad i'm going to kill you (laughs) Or hey, our episode was so bad; you now owe me five thousand dollars. There was no such cost. I have a reputation to maintain, Husha. Sure, you I'm don't. kidding. I'm kidding. I don't.
1: I don't think anyone cares. But.
0: Exactly. And so you put it out, and you take some learnings, and you improve the next episode, and so on and so forth.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think this is a good time to wrap up. I think we hit on a lot of great points. Um, but, uh, you're talking about the ideas of perfection and we distinguish between creative and non-creative work and how the stakes are different in, in the different kinds of things that you might be working on. For example, movies versus TikTok versus novels versus products uh, versus sales, whatever else that you're doing. And I, I do think but this is another thing we hit upon that in creative work the level of attachment to perfection might be more and justifiably so because brings us to the third point because of the immeasurability of it. If you can measure it, if you have, if you know exactly and objectively how you will be done, then it's no longer it's no longer a moving target. It's like you once you've out how to get there, you'll get there and then you're done because you know exactly and objectively when you are done. But in a lot of cases, you could be the one setting and that definition of done. And when that definition of done is not very well objectively defined, that is when you get into creators' dilemmas, so to speak, and start uh, feeling uneasy or, or start questioning if this is good
0: enough or not. We, we talked a bit about completion and you know, how sort of perfection and completion are also things that kind of go hand in hand. And I think one thing we didn't really touch upon, which might be an interesting thing at some other point to talk about is so just how some things are never ever complete and it's easy to iterate on and other things when you put them out, they're complete and you can never iterate on them again. Yep. Right. So, yep. and now yeah, those iteration. might feed into some of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's generally the idea of iteration and putting something out that's, and again, this obviously doesn't apply to everything, but in certain domains, specifically building tech products and a bunch of other things, the idea of iteration is very powerful that you put something out that's good enough, get feedback and keep building upon it. Yeah. Um, cool. Yep. Was there,
0: Anything else that you want to share today? No, I think Any... we've covered a lot of different thoughts and talked about a lot of things in highly vague terms. Yes. Highly vague. I, I think we have got specific, man. Yeah. No? You got I mean, specific. We could about a bunch of stuff, but there's no there's no perfection in how <laughs> that could have gotten, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, it's not like we're going, this is a, it's not a DIY or a, this, this is the steps, you, three steps you need to to solve this dilemma. This is not, no one can do that. That's not what we're, what we're doing. Yeah. We're, we're offering different perspectives. But so to repeat, one perspective that we did offer was that a lot of times, if you, a lot of times, iteration is the way to go. A lot of times it isn't. And I don't think we're saying anything's right or wrong. On that note, as, as, I, as you know, I'm thinking of getting into this whole YouTube thing. And I was watching this other YouTuber who was doing a QA, and a He just hit uh, 600,000 subscribers. And one thing he said, someone asked him a question about advice for YouTube or something. And he said, when you're starting out, your focus should be on quantity over quality. and And that offended parts of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause like I said, going back to that monologue video, like I, I felt so uneasy once I put that out. You now like I wanna take it down. I did take it down. I, th- I think. Well, as with know. this podcast. Gotta get over that sometimes and just put out one monologue a day, man. Yeah, I'm over the monologues thing, but but something else, yes. <laughs> put out one poem a day. Yeah. Yes, it's actually <laughs> National Poetry Month. There's this thing called Napo Rimo, National National Poetry Month. You're supposed to write one poem every day, basically. A lot of poets all over the world are doing it. Oh, third of the month is still left. True. True. All right. All right. Uh, All right. Instagram, get ready for 12 substandard awful poems. Hey, I'm sure they'll be great. All right. Thanks, man.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning into the next big thing, guys. And we'll see you in the next couple of weeks once again
1: hopefully sooner than next couple of weeks. Thank you, bye-bye.